Hi, I'm Ali Maldro, the host of A Public Affair on Tuesdays. You can listen to this show any day of the week, any hour of the day on the WORT smartphone app or on WORTFM.org. If you love what you hear, click that donate button and support community media. Your donation makes a huge difference. Six foot six above sea level. I grab the mic because I like to take you to another mental level. Low power frequency radio modulation. The big sound from underground. We bring the truth to places truth has never heard before. We bring the sound communication. Good afternoon, Madison. You're listening to WORT 89.9 FM. I'm your host, Ali Muldrow, and today is Tuesday, November 21st. Thank you for joining us on the air. Earlier this month, Dane County Executive Joe Parisi unveiled a new proposal to add $1.7 million in funding for local pantries who are struggling to keep up with demand ahead of the holidays. We're going to talk about the role of food pantries, food pantries play in feeding the community this holiday season. But first, we are going to talk with Rowan Childs from the Madison Reading Project. Rowan, how are you doing today? Hello, thank you. I'm doing great. Thank you so much for joining us, Rowan. What does the the kind of holiday season that we're moving into kind of snowed a little bit today? What does that mean for your work um, at the Madison Reading Project? Yeah, absolutely. So we provide free books and literacy resources to the community. We have all kinds of requests already in and many still coming. Um, anything from school districts, social workers, all kinds of different agencies um, to try and make sure that we can get gifts of books to children for the holidays. So lots of activity in our book center, um, collecting the requests, receiving book donations in from the community from our wish list. So it's a a fun morning here. Um, Definitely makes you feel sort of like we've got some holiday spirit in the snow sort of set the tone. I know. I love when snow shows up just on time to kind of act as like a decoration to, you know, this this kind of a week. However, I, I think, Rowan, it's so nice to get to talk to you about what you do at the Madison Reading Project, which is a local non-for-profit that connects our community with free books and literacy resources that ignites a love for reading and a firm and reflects and affirms and reflects the diversity of young readers. Rowan, you are the executive director and founder of the Madison Reading Project. Why did you decide to, to start doing this work? Why did you decide that we needed it here in Madison? Yeah, um, so probably actually it was around 10 years ago, had this idea in my head after trying to re-engage my, uh, my oldest child with reading. He was really bored with the books at school and he wasn't interested in it and I thought I had done everything right um, and so it took some time to try and figure out how to do that for him and it really bothered me if he was in first grade um, what would have happened if I wasn't able to do it or I didn't understand and what where he was sort of where you know the trajectory of where do you end up if you're not a good reader if you're not engaged in books even when you're in elementary school um, so it kept trying to figure out what I could possibly do as someone with not a lot of means or know-how. I wasn't a reading teacher, but I sort of thought it could be a good idea. Um, And right around that time, just started engaging and having conversations, asking people for coffee, like, what are you doing? Have you heard of anything like this? Um, And sort of right around, actually it was probably, it would have been probably October or November, Finally met Will Green at Salvation Army. He was running the community center at the time, and he wanted to help re-engage kids into books and reading so he could help them with homework. Um, And I wanted to do my thing, so it just seemed like a really good fit. And our very first meeting, the Race to Equity report came out. So it was sort of the, the final proof that we should sort of proceed and see if we can figure out a pilot program. I really appreciate that you you're bringing up the the race to equity report because I think a lot of times in Madison when you're talking <laughs> when you're talking about literacy 
you have to talk about race um, because mm -hmm. we, we are a community with a significant achievement gap um, and we're a, a community that, you know, seems far more interested in sending young people of color to prison um, than sending young people of color to college. How, how do you feel that your work is situated um, to, to address racial inequity as, and, and, you know, We've had amazing professors talk about literacy as a civil right here at UW Madison. Um, mm -hmm. Why are why are you the right person to be to be leading? You know the work uh, around equity and inclusion in terms of literacy. Yeah, I think sort of absolutely firsthand being um, with Will and the other teachers at Salvation Army. Uh, we stayed there exclusively for nearly two years and got to see firsthand what was happening, what was not happening, what were the barriers, what were the kids telling us, um, what did they want, what were they excited about, and so it was really sort of this perfect situation of um, getting the sort of firsthand knowledge and learning from them, um, and having the kids tell us directly, like, these are the things we want, this is what's exciting, this is not exciting. Um, and learning, you know, from their parents or grandparents, you know, like how many books do you have in your home? You know, are you able to go to the library? Um, do you have a library card? You know, who takes you to the library? There's, you know, so many different things that even the kids can tell you directly. And I think they were excited to participate in sort of that creation of our project. Um, and learning, I would say, likewise from Will Green, you know, like this is the trajectory if adults can't read, um, and especially um, black men in our community, um, which is exactly what he was trained to work on with elder youth. Um, he was like, it's a pathway to prison if you can't read. And that was, he was very adamant that, you know, I know that and as likewise any of our volunteers um, or donors as well. And I think um, I can see that firsthand um, and so anything that we could sort of try and figure out to do, which includes um, our main sort of purpose when purchasing any book, um, is to make sure that there's representation and diversity, because that is the number one request um, pretty much from any adult, is that uh, they want diverse books, whether that's for um, a classroom, if it's for a community center, for a child's home. Um, it's really important um, to do that. And kids get excited when they see themselves in a book, just like anybody else does, it's affirming. Um, and it's nice to be able to read something about someone that looks like you. Rowan, I want to thank you for the work that you've been doing with the Madison Reading Project. And I want to, you know, your your mission for inclusion is not uh, skin deep. You have books that are inclusive of all kinds of families, of all kinds of gender representation. Um, I think the work that you do is so profoundly meaningful um, and is such a sweet way to, to celebrate the holidays is by, you know, making sure uh, young people have have something to read and, and people to read with. Um, if you're just joining us, you're listening to WORT 89.9 FM. I'm your host, Ali Muldrow. This is a public affair. We were just joined by Rowan Childs from the Madison Reading Project. And now on the air, we have Rhonda Adams, Executive Director of the River Food Pantry. Rhonda, how are you doing today? I'm so sorry, Rhonda. We're having a little bit of difficulty hearing you on my end of things, at least. Okay, okay. So you think I'd be used to this with uh, being uh, on virtual meetings, but um, my mic was uh, on silent. But asking how I am today, it is a very busy day today here at the River Food Pantry. Um, this week, we are um, uh, giving out uh, fully prepared Thanksgiving meals for everybody that comes to us. And so um, it's a flurry of activity in here today. That's so exciting to hear. And I, I want to ask, you know, about how many people um, from across our community come to you all for their holiday meal? And when you say completely prepared, do you mean you're handing baskets of ingredients to people? Are you talking about kind of pre-cooked food um, that's ready to serve? Yes, good. Good question. So um, this week we are giving out fully prepared meals. So it's the turkey, mashed potatoes, 
um, gravy, stuffing, corn, um, and of course we have to have pie and then a roll. Um, so everyone that is coming up uh, curbside as well as any of other any of our other programs are being offered the meal. So one per uh, every member in their family, and so we're 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 imagining uh, folks sitting down together as a family, heating that meal up and, and sitting together and enjoying the meal. Last week uh, we did uh, break uh, some numbers in giving out holiday groceries. And I just recently had these numbers put on my desk here, so I'm looking at them in three programs of ours, curbside, our e-pantry, and uh, delivery. Um, over 1,500 households were, were served, and they were able to pick holiday groceries uh, for, them, uh, for, them, for themselves. Um, that was over 4, 000, almost 4,000 individuals that were served. I think that's incredible to, to think that there are 4,000 families who, if it weren't for the work that you all are doing, um, wouldn't necessarily know how they are going to, to cater their meal. If you're just joining us, you're listening to WORT 89.9 FM. I'm your host, Ali Muldrow. This is a public affair. And you're talking to Rhonda Adams about you know, how, how folks can, can make sure that their families are fed, not just during the holiday season, but all year long. Rhonda, can you talk to me a little bit about who donates to you, how you all re receive the food that you are distributing? Who do you work with locally? Um, are you working with like vendors and grocery stores? Is this individuals who are showing up with kind of the canned foods from their kids' schools drive? Who Who is um, supporting you all and doing this incredibly important work? Yeah, Allie, it is, it is all the above. So all the, all the groups of people that you mentioned so whether it is um, a child that is uh, uh, talking to a couple of uh, kids in their class and they're putting together some um, items maybe from either from the grocery store or from their own pantries and bringing those in, or whether it's um, large groups um, coming together and supporting the river um, in that way by doing their own food drives. We have 36 food drive barrels and they are all out in the community right now and um, we're anxious to pick those up because um, it is yes it's a very busy time for the holidays but we are here all year long so those food drives are very important to the river and then um, also our other donors are anywhere from uh, major grocery stores um, places like Target, Quick Trip, um, we do a, a lot a lot of uh, food recovery um, so last year it was uh, over 1.5 million pounds of food that was recovered that might possibly have been ending up in a landfill. And, you know, for me, Allie, and maybe for the listeners too, it's like, that's a really big number, like 1.5 million pounds. Like, what does that look like? Or how much is that besides a lot? Um, if you can imagine 40 City of Madison fire engines that's what we were given last year in donations. And this year it is trending about the same. So we are very grateful for um, every donation that comes here to the river, both monetary as well as food, as well as those that are giving to us uh, with, their, with their helping hands and that's our volunteers. So we're, we're incredibly uh, grateful for any and all donations and in whatever form they may come. I, I have to say it's really exciting to hear all of the different ways that people can contribute. And I think oftentimes folks wonder what qualifies them to get food from a food pantry. I think so, so many folks, um, you know, aren't sure how how poor you need to be or what your income needs to look like, how many kids you're supposed to have, um, what what makes it okay to go to a food pantry and, and say, hey, I need to get my family's groceries or my family's meal um, from from the the river, you know, the, the river food pantry. Yeah, I would I would tell you that during the week um, we do we do registration we do registration for everybody that comes up and we have a we have a, a you know a, a guideline for income um, and we ask people if they qualify for that but I would tell you really um, people need to get food and need to eat it's a very basic human right which we believe it is a right and not a privilege to have food um, people um, come to the river and. 
I know that we are trying really hard as well as our other uh, food pantries here in the Dane County area to just remove that stigma of what it's like to come to a, to a food pantry. And there, there's no shame. Um, if you need food, we're here um, on every other Saturday. And we just had a, a Pantry Express this past Saturday where we served 276 households, almost 1,000 individuals in a three-hour period. Um, there is no registration at all. Um, but please, for those that are just wondering, like, do I qualify? Should I come? I'm hungry. I, I don't know. I've never done this before. Please come. Um, no one is turned away when they come here to the River Food Pantry. We have food. We want to give out the food. We want people to eat. Again, a basic uh, human need, a right. And so um, please come. Uh, please come in. And we believe and we've heard that um, we're pretty cool people here to hang out with. So when people come up curbside and they come and get their groceries, actually I had the great fortune of actually being outside for a couple of hours yesterday and serving um, those that came, which was a little bit different for us serving on a Monday. We, we number, normally are not open on a Monday, but because of the holiday, we were open yesterday. And it's a great privilege for me to be able to serve and see people firsthand and, and them coming for food and just, just talk. Um, there are people that look like just you and I. So when people ask me, like, what is somebody that's dealing with food insecurity? What, what do they look like? Look in a mirror. They look like you. They look like me. Um, uh, are there homeless people? Absolutely. There are there people that come from all walks of life, people that might have recently lost a job. Someone, someone uh, a few months ago said, you know, please, um, I'm, I'm embarrassed in being in this line because she was in a Cadillac pretty nice car, but said, I had three hours for my neighbor to use the, their car. They said, three hours, go run your errands, go do what you need to do. And the first place she came to was a, was, was the river. And so, um, you know, we don't judge here at the river. If people need to get food, please come. Please come and get food. We have food. And it's good food. Where do you, where do you go to find you? Where are you located? So we're at 2201 Darwin Road on the north side, just about a block from the airport. Um, again, we do, as I've been talking, kind of curbside, but we have other ways for people to access um, our services. So one is uh, if, if folks really have no way of getting here and transportation is a barrier, we ask them to go online or to call us and uh, talk to us about a delivery. We also have uh, the ability for people to pick out 100% of their food online through an e-pantry. So for many uh, listeners, they may be shopping online and ordering their groceries online. We also have that service for our clients. So um, uh, if you can think about the river as having more access to food and, than ever before, um, that's what we're about. People need food. Um, they, we, we, we want to get food to them. And when you say food, I think we talked about this a little bit, the difference between kind of ingredients to make a meal versus prepared food. But we're talking about everything from like snacks to baby formula. You can get this pantry, right? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So, so, those, so those things that food share does not uh, uh, provide for. So that's the diapers. That's, that is the baby food. Actually, I believe baby food might be covered by food share, but it is the hygiene items, right, that we all need, the shampoo, conditioner, the soap. Um, the river gives those things as well as the snacks and the groceries, uh, the meat items, um, the meals that I was speaking about last week with, without being Thanksgiving. We serve just under 3,000 meals, so there are always uh, prepared meals here, um, both a meat option and a vegetarian option, as well as a PB&J, uh, another option as well. But um, yeah, so groceries and, and meals. Rhonda, I cannot express how incredibly grateful I am for you and the work that you're doing in our community. And thinking about how much I appreciate you makes me think about how much I appreciate the folks who are making this show possible today. I want to give a huge shout out to Shali Pittman, to Jade, and to John, the folks who are behind the scenes making sure we sound clear on the air, um, the folks who are are really brought all of the folks together to make today's show possible and to celebrate what's happening in our community. So whether it's the Madison Reading Project, 
has given over a a hundred thousand books this year, um, or whether it's the work that's Rhonda is doing to support over four thousand families, making sure people have a meal for the holidays and making sure people have the things that they need to live in dignity. Rhonda, I think one of the things um, folks struggle with when you talk about a food pantry is. Do you all have enough for everybody? I think there is a, a sense um, when you're asking for help that you never want to take help from somebody who needs it more than you. The average age of a homeless person in Madison is nine years old. Um, the average person who is homeless is a woman with multiple children. Uh, do you all have enough to to support, you know, the the families in our our community who are really experiencing hard times, especially as um, we hear more and more that that folks are are struggling to make ends meet, that folks are, are struggling to stay in their homes or struggling to to afford their transportation. Absolutely. And we we do have enough food. Um, and that is really thanks to the food food recovery that we are doing. We have uh, two trucks that are out six days a week picking up food. Um, food that might have otherwise gone into the garbage. And, you know, I think there's the the uh, the thought that, well, a food pantry gives out um, expired, old food, many of the things that are just right on the edge. Um, and I would tell you that um, people need to really come to a food pantry and, and see what we give out because we do give out fresh, healthy produce. Um, we do give out, I would share with, you know, food recovery. Some of the things might be on the edge, but the things that we are giving out um, are also things that we have just purchased. Um, uh, so not uh, so along with the recovery, we were purchasing a whole lot of food as well. And, um, you know, we mentioned before about the food drives and people that are bringing things to us. Um, so there is, we have a very giving community. And um, so there, there is, sir, there is enough food for people. I know um, yesterday when I was out, uh, there was someone when I was asking if she wanted a second loaf of bread, and she said, like, well, I want to make sure that there's enough for, for the other people that will be, will be coming today. And I assured her, we have enough. Everyone will have, uh, will have bread. And so um, there, there is enough to go around. And again, it's, we have uh, an incredible group of supporters uh, that donate money to us so that we can purchase food. And um, for us, again, you know, healthy, fresh produce is really important. And um, we will continue to be serving uh, those items as well when people come to us for, for any of our programs. So don't worry about um, us running out, There, there is food. I think that that's such a beautiful reassurance and also just a showing of how you know, much you all are pouring into this work to make sure that everybody who needs you um, knows about you and can can come there and expect to, to get, you know, as much food as their family needs. Can I talk to you a little bit about how you all navigate food allergies and preferences? So I think that there might be folks who, who you know, are, are curious, if, if I go to a food pantry Will will the River Food Pantry honor my religious beliefs? Will I be able to get um, kosher groceries? Will I be able to get food that is specific to my culture? Will be will I be able to get uh, food that is safe for my kiddo who's allergic to peanut oil? Talk to us a little bit about how you all customize um, what people get and their groceries so that people are, are getting food that is, you know, honoring their identities and also um, safe for their bodies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, great question. So um, when uh, when things changed with the pandemic and we had to, you know, the kind of the, 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 the special word is is pivot when we had to pivot and and change the way that we're serving people. Um, you know, we've, we've done that through now through curbside and people are continuing to do that. Um, in the past, we, we gave people boxes of groceries and that was really uncomfortable for us just handing groceries when we in the past prided ourselves on people being able to pick the groceries that, you know, to your point, Allie, that, that they needed for, for the, you know, for their families. So, um, that's what we did early on. Now we have, um, really uh, looked at our program and, you know, how could we make that even, even better? And we have a menu. So every week that folks come up um, through, whether it's curbside or whether it's um, through a program of delivery, um, they get to choose from a menu of things that, that they and their family can, can use. 
But I would tell you that um, there may still be some things that some somebody might want that's specific to their culture, or maybe a dietary uh, a recommended uh, item that is you know really recommended by their doctor for or for their diet. And so that is uh, what we call our e pantry. So e pantry was developed um, a couple of years ago, and that is as I mentioned earlier on, 100% um, choice. So that is um, items that are culturally relevant. That is items that are, are maybe low sodium or no sugar. So folks can pick those items that, um, that they need for their family to thrive. And um, that, is, uh, that is done through an online ordering system. Um, so riverfoodpantry.org and look up ePantry. Um, for anybody that's curious about that, that may not be a shopper, they can kind of poke around and look to see what that is as well. But we're always looking to expand that as well. So I know you mentioned, Allie, about kosher items. Uh, we have a couple of those items. I would tell you that we don't have maybe all the items that a family would need, but we have some of the items that a family would need. We also love to take feedback from um, our community and from clients that, that really are asking us, could you provide X, Y, and Z through ePantry? So we are working with different groups, uh, most recently with uh, the Wisconsin Hmong Association, so that Hmong families could feel comfortable that if they're coming here, if they're going on to ePantry, that there's foods that um, at least six to 10 items that a, that a, that a, uh, a Hmong family might be looking for that would be in their kitchen. So we wanna do that really with all cultures and so if the community can help us um, as to what are some of those items that we should be stocking and putting on our shelves we'd, we'd be happy to hear. Rhonda can I ask a little bit about you I'm sure folks who are listening are wondering you know you must just have kind of the biggest heart ever <laughs> how how did you get into this work what 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 is your connection um, to, to food scarcity? How did you know that this was the work you wanted to be doing and that you wanted to do it, you know, well and, and dedicate your, your time and your life to making sure everybody has the right to, to nutrients, the basic right to, to eat well? Well, Allie, that's a great question because almost 11 years ago, I came to the river and to be honest with you, I don't know that I thought I would be staying for 11 years. I did I did not know a lot about food insecurity. There is so much to, to know and to learn about it. But um, I was working for a, um, for a global company, um, Avon Products, and uh, I was traveling every single week. So I was on a plane, getting on a plane, just a, not a short area, a short uh, drive away from, from the river. And I did not even know anything about the river, but, um, I had told my husband I was recently remarried and said like, oh man, I just, <laughs> I'm just gone all the time. I'm on the road and I don't know my community. Um, and he said, you know, why don't you get off the road? I'll start to look for a job for you and let's, let's see what we come up with. So I am proud to say I'm a 21 year veteran of, of the army. Um, so I did three years active duty and 18 years in the reserves. Um, and I had uh, a big portion of my job was in operations. And um, I thank my husband, Jim, for finding a, an opening for me at the River Food Pantry as an operations manager. And so um, there were four of us on staff uh, at the time. And I am proud to say that now there are 27 on staff. Uh, then the numbers were much different uh, back in 2012 than they are in 2013 that they are now. But um, I... I I get more than I give here, and that's what keeps me here day in and day out. Um, I am very fortunate that I get to do this work alongside amazing people, whether it's our staff, our volunteers, our donors, the community. And so, um, so Rhonda Adams will be here for, for quite a while yet. I think we're incredibly lucky, and I, I've got to give Jim a shout out. Thank you, Jim. I think you 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 gave our community quite the treasure in Rhonda. Rhonda, what does this week look like for you and your team? Are you all working kind of around the clock? Do you shut down for Thanksgiving? Um, if people are are listening to this show right now and are thinking, "Oh, I really could use a little help," or "I know somebody who could use a little help this holiday season," when should they stop by? 
Yep, so this week we're open from uh, 9 to 3, so today and tomorrow, Wednesday. Uh, we were open yesterday. Some folks did not hear about that, but uh, Thursday and Friday we will be closed. Uh, staff have been working furiously, uh, fast and furiously, to, to make uh, last week and this week possible for our community. So they, they deserve a four-day weekend. Um, so uh, again, if folks need groceries, uh, this week, nine to three, today and tomorrow, and then also the, uh, the, the, the meal, the Thanksgiving meal. But you know, you were, you were giving a thanks uh, a little bit ago, Allie, for your uh, team behind the scenes. And I need to give a great big thank you to Madison College's culinary arts students and their faculty, because um, we don't have the capacity to be preparing 160 turkeys. So that's what they did for us, along with 1,100 pounds of mashed potatoes and 480 gallons of gravy. So um, John Johnson and his team over at Madison College, a great big shout out. Um, River Volunteers, I know they were in over the weekend. We had uh, all of our meal uh, staff that was in here as well, helping to cook, package, and serve the meals. I know, again, today they're doing that, and it smells very delicious in here. And, and really, again, all those that I need to thank for those that helped to contribute to our Help Other People Eat, our holiday food drive. And then, of course, um, our clients. We love our clients. And for those folks that come to us, um, many of them share uh, their stories. And stories are not, they don't have to share stories, but some want to, and we're happy to happy to listen. And really, all the kind words um, that, that they share with us about the work that we're doing. Um, uh, and again, just a, an amazing community coming together to help support people in a really giving back to their most, most basic need of, of, of eating. We can do without a lot of things, but food is not one of them is a, is a quote I've been saying for, for several years, and I'll, and I'll continue with that. Oh, I, I think we are so incredibly lucky to get to talk to you today on WORT 89.9 FM. Rhonda, I, I think, you know, as as folks are, are getting prepared for the holidays, it's great to know that you all are open today and tomorrow um, and that your team is going to get a little bit of a break. But I think, you know, one of the questions that I, I wonder often is, what do you all do? with the food that you haven't been able to give away. So if you have more than enough right now um, and and people do not, you know, make it to you all by 3 p.m. tomorrow, what what happens to that food um, while, while you all are on, on your much-deserved four-day weekend? Yep. So one of the other things that the river does um, is we are a redistribution um, uh, uh, organization. So we not only serve uh, food to uh, people in eight different ways, um, but we also, through being a redistribution organization, we share with others. So we have many partners, 24 I believe is right now what we have in partners, and each week we are sharing that what might be access alley. So we have uh, an amazing way of, of distributing food through our eight programs, but we know that there are many others that, um, that can help us to distribute food and to give access to people in different ways. So um, every week, uh, these partners uh, ask us for food or for different types of resources, and we're able to share those so that they can distribute those in the way that they um, work with their organization to distribute food. So it is not, uh, so food does not go to waste. Uh, it is given out to as many people as possible in as many ways as possible. That is so incredibly reassuring to hear. And I, I think that, you know, food pantries across the city do a pretty amazing job of processing raw food that's kind of coming from farms of of really kind of making that food count um, and go the extra mile for people. Uh, I, I wonder how much of your your work is coordinated with the other folks across the city um, who are trying to make sure people have the food that they need. Are you all, do you all work together? Do you all kind of let one another know what you need? We're going to talk to some folks from Goodman Community Center in a couple minutes. How how does the, the food pantry kind of community come together throughout the year and, of course, over the holidays? 
yeah, we're, we're proud that we do have a, a wonderful relationship with um, folks like I believe you'll be speaking to Francesca from Goodman. So um, we had some extra things yesterday. So she had a volunteer come and pick up some stuffing, I believe it was. So um, we have what we call a meeting of the pantry minds. We have a Zoom meeting um, every month and we just uh, talk and collaborate and share uh, stories and Along with that is being able to share food and sharing sharing access. So uh, we are there for each other and, and pick each other up um, as we can. But yes, I'm, I'm very happy that we have a great relationship with the other food pantries um, in town. And it's a very good working relationship. That's really exciting to hear. And I think it's kind of reassuring to folks who are giving across the community um, that you all are really making sure that the people who who need this are, are getting it, that there's multiple ways that food is being distributed across the city. And that's being that's happening in concert with one another. That's being coordinated amongst you all. Rhonda, are, are there things folks should know about like bringing their kids or bringing, you know, their, their family to, to the food bank? Are, are there things that people should be kind of prepared for um, in terms of, of what that looks like? It's kind of a, a strange thing to imagine walking into a place and getting the things you need and not paying. Um, so, so what does the like checkout process look like? How do you all, um, how, do, how does a person come in and select what they need and, and exit the space? So ours, uh, because we have run out of space here at uh, at the river in this 11,000 square foot warehouse that we've been in for over 17 years, we we serve people, uh, they stay in their car. So they stay in the safety of their car. So whether they're coming with their, with their dog, we had a client come yesterday and we had dog treats for her when she came uh, to do her shopping. And they, they come up and they, 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 are, uh, they get a menu and they can check things off of the menu. And then we have someone that, is a volunteer that's a personal shopper, comes inside, picks the items for them, uh, puts them in their car, and then they uh, advance to the next area, which is really picking out uh, their bread and their desserts. And they do that with their eyes, uh, with the volunteers showing them the items that are there displayed. And then um, last but not least is uh, picking the fresh, healthy produce. So yesterday, I know Serena was out. Uh, I'm not even sure who was out there today, but she was asking people, did they want pomegranate, did they want uh, lettuce and uh, avocados? There was a whole array of uh, fresh uh, produce um, that, that we offer, and we offer that every time that folks come. And then the last last item is uh, is the fam, is the family at home meal, is how many meals uh, that we can give for everyone in their family. Do people ever hand you all a recipe and go, hey, I want everything for this. I'm trying to make this for my family. I'm trying to do this for my kiddo's birthday cake. Do people ever say, I need these ingredients. This is what I'm trying to do. Please help. Actually, they haven't. Um, in turn, though, we have done where we've shared recipes with folks, uh, simple recipes, and we have provided those items then that they can prepare those. Uh, that I'll, I'll make it up, uh, a meatloaf. So we will have all those items for them to make a simple meatloaf. And um, so, again, we like to share some of those uh, recipes when that might be a staff member or a volunteer that has shared a simple recipe. And, again, we were, were able to provide those items then um, kind of in a different way of, of, of fulfilling a recipe. Are there stories that stand out to you this holiday season when you think about why you do this and who you serve? Um, are there stories over your over a decade of service that really stand out to you um, in terms of why this work is really important um, and, and who is relying on you to do this work well? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah there, there are several stories, um, but I'll just share two of them really quickly. Um, one is of a mother uh, that was using our e-pantry and said, this is absolutely amazing that I can pick fresh, healthy produce for my daughter and I who are dealing with multiple health uh, challenges and that we, we've not been able to buy these things in the grocery store because they are so expensive and that I can get them from a food pantry is just absolutely amazing. And so... We're happy to be here for that mother and her daughter or for others that need uh, those fresh, healthy produce things. Or as I mentioned, the, the lady that came up in the, in, in the nicer car that had felt that she had to apologize uh, 
that she was coming to a food pantry and didn't want to be judged by the vehicle that she drove. You know, I, I think of folks also that tell us that, you know, um, Rhonda, I'm driving this car because I lost my job and I didn't lose the lease payment. So if I can get some help with food so that I can make the payments, uh, whether it's on, in their rent or their house or their car payment or their gas or other groceries, um, we're here for those folks. Rhonda, thank you so much for, for sharing those sh stories with the folks here at WORT 89.9 FM Madison. I'm your host, Ali Maldro. This is a public affair. We're talking to Rhonda Adams from the River Food Pantry here on Madison's north side, really close to our airport. And joining us just now is Francesca, and I'm going to say your last name, but please correct me if I'm wrong. Francesca Frisque, Assistant Director of Fritz Food Pantry at Goodman Community Center. Francesca is joining for us from the annual Thanksgiving Basket Drive, where they plan to provide 4,000 families with everything they need to prepare a traditional holiday meal. How are you doing today, Francesca? Doing good. Thanks for having me, Allie. Thank you so much for joining us here on WORT 89.9 FM. How are things going over at Goodman? I, it seems like you all are really kind of ramping up to, to give away some some pretty serious baskets. What is what is this year look like for you in comparison to, to other years you all have done this? Yeah, so we are, um, my voice is a little scratchy because we've been putting in some long hours to make this happen, but um we registered families to, to receive our Thanksgiving baskets back in October, and we had this unprecedented response to our to our program to the point where we had to shut it down because we had registered over 5,000 families. Um, so for the last three and a half days, so from Saturday on, we have been handing that food out to the families, and we literally just wrapped up at noon today for, for that process, and I wish I had some data that I could share those amazing numbers, but we definitely handed out more than 4,000 um, to 4,000 families. So that feels really great. Are, are you, are you all handing out baskets for kind of the next two days? Are you all open on Thanksgiving day? If folks are listening, um, should they have already signed up for the basket? How do, how do we make sure that people who, who want to have a traditional holiday meal uh, get connected with Goodman um, before you all close for the holidays? So unfortunately, we we literally just wrapped up at noon today. So folks that are listening that don't have access to food for Thanksgiving, um, they won't be able to get it through us, but there are still other places doing similar work. And United Way's 211 database is an amazing place to kind of, you can look it up on your computer, you can call the phone number 211 from your phone, and they can tell you if there's other places here in the area that are still doing something similar at this point in time. Um, and there, there are a few, so there, there are still options out there for folks. Um, but we, we, um, we just finished for the last three and a half days of, of handing that food out um, to the to four thousand plus families. Wow, I mean that's that's got to be a, an intense feeling to to have kind of made it through to the end. Um, what 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 is the reaction of families who are looking to you all for support? How do how do you do you all get to connect with the people who benefit from the all of this work that you do? And and what is that connection like? We hear lots of lots of gratitude. Um, you know, we you know, similar to some of the things Rhonda was saying, we don't know what puts someone in a position where they don't have enough money for either their weekly food or in this case, their Thanksgiving meal to be able to bring their family and friends and loved ones together. And so there's there's a lot of scenarios that, that happens that it's just too much of a stretch financially for them. And they're just so incredibly grateful that we have a community like we do that is able to offer it. I mean, you know, I have heard so many different stories of we just wouldn't have had this meal if it weren't for you know, having having this community to, to respond. Um, and so that feels really good. I, I think um, food for me is such an integral part of life and being able to cook and eat the food that has meaning to you and your family 
is so important. And so being able to have a home-cooked meal, if you have that ability, a space to be able to cook the meal and prepare it the way you want with the spices you like and the traditions you have is, is so very important. So that's why it's wonderful then to be a part of Goodman Center's Thanksgiving Basket where we give you all the staples and then you get to kind of put your own twist on it. How many volunteers, how many donations go into helping 4,000 people um, have a traditional holiday meal? What, what, what does the, the prep work look like for you all, you know, getting ready for this week? It's a big undertaking. This is our, this was our 35th year doing it. So, you know, I think we have grown and gotten more efficient and, and kind of done different things each year to be able to adapt to the needs of the community. Um, but we've been doing it for a long time and it, it's definitely a longstanding tradition. We start planning this back in July. So we have a planning committee that I pulled together that we start thinking about turkeys and, and stuffing back in July to think it through. We have some really key community partners that help make this happen, such as Second Harvest Food Bank, um, who, who helps us with procuring some of our food. We work closely with the UW Athletics. They, they do a lot of food drives and awareness for us, um, you know, some, some media as well to help us get the word out. So we have some really great key partners that make it happen. And then we use over 700 volunteers for this event. Um, so it's, it's a very big volunteer event. A lot of people, it's an annual tradition. Every year they come and volunteer. You know, I don't know how many people I talked to this weekend that, you know, have told me that this is their 10th year, their 15th year um, doing this event with us, which is pretty amazing. That is really incredible. If people want to sign up to volunteer for next year, how do they do that? Or if people are, are curious about how to support this or the other work that, that Goodman is doing to support our community this holiday season, where should they, how should they connect with Goodman Community Center um, as, a, as a person who's interested in giving, as a person who wants to donate, as a person who may be you know, navigating some extra time and wants to volunteer. How, how do you, yeah. how do you coordinate so if that? You go on our website at goodmancenter.org, you can subscribe to our newsletter. And that's a great way to just like be in the know of what we're doing. And we'll also spotlight different volunteer opportunities on our website. You can also find out information on how to volunteer and you can sub subscribe, create an account and subscribe there as well so that you kind of get in the know for our Thanksgiving basket program we send that out in September, and it is such a popular event that it sometimes is completely filled within a matter of a couple of days. Someone compared it to like getting a Taylor Swift ticket of just how hard it is to, to grab that volunteer spot. And what I say to that is don't wait for the holidays to volunteer. There is so many needs in our community. There are so many ways to get involved. You know, there are food pantries running throughout the week, throughout Madison that need your help. And if you want to get involved in food insecurity, get involved now. Um, you know, don't wait for the holidays. I, I've got to love the comparison between getting a spot as a volunteer for Goodman and getting a ticket to see Taylor Swift. I love that you all are kind of overwhelmed by by support in this community. I think that's one of the things that makes Madison a really beautiful place to live is that if people can help each other, they want to help each other. Um, mm -hmm. Can you can you talk a little bit about what volunteers do? Are you you know do are there different roles for different volunteers? Um, do you have young people volunteering? Do you have folks who may be you know on the older end of the spectrum? Um, is volunteering something that anybody can can do? And and what what does that look like? Yeah, great point. Um, so for our Thanksgiving baskets from. We the the youngest we take is a seven year old as long as they're with a guardian or parent or adult of some sort, um, and there's certainly no no age limits on who can volunteer. Um, in our in our kind of day to day food pantry, it's a it's a little bit of a different approach for that kind of depending on what the shift is and what the task is. Um, but here at Goodman, we especially within our food pantry and our Thanksgiving basket program. We couldn't do any of this without our volunteers. And we, you know, what are they doing? It's everything from 
database entry data work to helping us mop and clean the floors to helping us box up and bag the food, helping us unload the turkeys. Um, you know, it's there's always a lot of different variety that's happening um, with our volunteers um, and, and kind of depending on their abilities and their skill level, we'll kind of plug them in, in in some way or some fashion. Does the Goodman, oh, I'm, I, good news is we've got a, a caller and we're at the very kind of end of our hour. So I want to welcome you to the show. I'm sorry, just kidding. Um, I just, <laughs> I just, sorry about that, Francesca. Um, I just wanted to invite you to to talk a little bit about what you're grateful for as we move into the the holiday, as well as kind of what you're planning to do. Because I, I mean, I'm I'm hoping that you get a little time off now. Do you do you get a little bit of a break? <laughs> hey, hey, Ali. This is Jade, your producer. Can I? We're actually going to bring the caller on because I think she has a really good a, a really good reaction to the show. Caller, okay. this is you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, my name is Patty, and I listen to your show every week. Uh, and I am just blown away by the fact that there are such huge numbers of people in our area, not not to speak of the whole country, who are food insecure in this wealthy country that's thinking about sending all this money to war zones uh, to uh, it. It just um, is astonishing to me that there are so many people who need basic food. But thank you for the show. It's been um, enlightening and heartbreaking and uh, upbeat. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much for for calling and acknowledging, you know, that there is this contrast between our our nation and our community. Dane County is a a serious economy, and yet there are people all over our community um, who cannot afford to feed themselves. I think that becomes uh, something I think about all the time when I think about how many kiddos are relying on going to school to get breakfast and lunch. Before we jump off, Francesca, how are you planning to spend your holiday what what are you going to do with a little bit of a break after all of this great work that you've done at Goodman? Yeah, I mean, I'm just always grateful for the things I do have. You know, to that caller's point, there's lots of meat in our area, and it's sometimes very well disguised and hidden. And it may be your neighbor that isn't willing to talk or share about it. So, you know, the the work I do just constantly reminds me never take anything for granted and be so incredibly grateful for whatever it is that you have. I'm planning on eating lots of food, and I'm grateful for that. I thought after taking this job, I would like Thanksgiving a little less and be a little tired than the exact opposite. I just appreciate all that yummy food that much more, and I love to cook. Oh, Francesca, I know that this year, this holiday, I will be tremendously grateful for for you and Rhonda and Rowan. Thank you so much for joining me today on WORT 89.9 FM. I'm your host, Ali Muldrow. This is A Public Affair. Have a great holiday, everybody. Media distorted. We come and listen and support it. Live and direct, we come and never pre recorded.